Welcome to this new endeavor. The plan here is to learn an Amud a day from Masechtas Megillah. Some days we may do a few, a little more, but it's a shorter Amud, so that we can finish in time to make a Siyam together on Purim this year, 2024. We're learn Masechtas Megillah, just a quick, brief overview of what we're going to do, uh, and what we're not going to do, and then let's begin. And some expectations. I'll start with expectations. Number one is, this is me unfiltered, which sounds scary, but, uh, you know, it's not a regular curated podcast. I'm reading. If I make a mistake, I'll go back and tell you I made a mistake, but I'm not, I can't edit it out. I'm not doing that. Um, I'm going to read. I'm going to translate. What I'm not going to do is get into the weeds of details. There are a lot of different fascinating sugis that come up here, halachas that come up here. If it's relevant and quick, I may mention it. Feel free to come to me anytime or text me for more details, and I'll be happy to uh, supply that. But I can't go in depth. So what we're really going to do is we're going to read the Mishnayos, read the Gemara, explain it, mainly working with the Pshat of Rashi. Um, if there is a significant Machlokas that's well known, I may point it out, but uh, we don't have time again to go in depth because we want to keep these relatively short so that we can keep up and do this every single day. Okay, quick, quick uh, back from Seth and Megillah, obviously it's about Megillah, it's about, it's about uh, Purim, but not the Homo Sefta. The first uh, it's broken into four parakim, four chapters. The first one deals with when to read the Megillah, which we'll see. It depends on where you are. Uh, Perak two, and also there's a lot of Agatha, a lot of just the, goes to, delves into the stories of the Megillah. Uh, chapter two is all about the laws of reading the Megillah. Three is going to be a, a little bit more about Megillah, and then just moving into uh, regular general Torah reading. And four also has a lot of general Torah reading as well as how to treat and holy items, such as the Torah, Shemus, etc. Okay, so let us begin. Bisiyat Dishmaya says our says the first word on the page. Megillah. Megillah Nikras Biralaf Yubez Bigillah Yadalbi Tesva. Lopachas Vlayosar. So the Mishnah makes a statement that's as follows. Although we know that Purim is on the 14th of Adar, and the 15th of Adar, if you live in a walled city from the times of Yeshua ben Nono, that's Machlokos Negmar, but if you live in a walled city, let's say Yerushalayim, we're going to use Yerushalayim from now on, Yerushalayim will always be our walled city. So, although we know Yudal and Tesvav, says the Mishnah, it's possible, there is a scenario, which we will discuss, not right now, we'll discuss soon, where you could potentially read the Megillah on the Yud Aleph, Yud Beis, Yud Gimli, uh, on the 11th, the 12th, and the 13th of Adar, or, or the 13th of Adar, as well as, as we know, the 14th and the 15th. Again, so it's possible that there are situations where we're reading the Megillah earlier than the 14th, and that would be the uh, 13th, the 12th, and the 11th. Lo Yosha. However, we're never going to read it earlier than the 11th, and nor later than the 15th. That is, if you want to fulfill your obligation of Megillah, you cannot fulfill that obligation if you read on the 16th or on the 10th of Adar. Okay. Let's... Just the standard halach is residents of a city. That were surround the city that was surrounded by walls in the days of Yeshua ben Nun. Uh, read on the fifteenth of Adar. Just a quick note: there's a big debate why a why it's only in the uh, why do we go back to the days of Yeshua ben Nun and not the days of Shushan? Also, is this only in Israel or, or this apply outside? If somehow we can figure out that uh, I don't know somewhere in Iowa, Iowa, there was a city that's been walled since time immemorial since Yeshua ben Nun. Would that we would we apply the halacha to make it a walled city or not? So that's a big debate, which we're not going to get into now. Again, we're just going to use Yerushalayim. So a uh, Yerushalayim is going to be on the fifteenth. Kfarim vayaris gedolas kar biyadalit. And residents of villages and large towns read the Megillah on the fourteenth of Adar. Okay. Elisha kfarim adim liyama kanisa. 
except the, the, the uh, residents of the villages may advance the day of reading to the day of assembly. So that was, what, what are we saying? Here as follows. St standard is halacha, based off the psukdom, we read on the 14th and the 15th. However, villages have the possibility, we give them the option, that they can in fact advance the day and read it earlier, namely on the uh, Yud Beis, Yud Al, or Yud Gimel. Ketzad, what do you mean? How so? I uh, would have heard me early. Says Agamar. So Chaliyos Yud Al If the fourteenth of Adar falls out on Monday, Kvar Vayyos Gedolos Karmel Yom. So everyone's going to read on Monday. When comes Chomel Lemachar, and the Walled City Yerushalayim is going to read on the Tuesday, which is the fifteenth. Chaliyos B'Shlisha Bervi. If the fourteenth falls on Tuesday or Wednesday, Kvar Matim Liyom Akanisa. So in those situations, if Purim were to fall out on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, so then the villages will bring back the uh, bring back the reading of Megillah prior to Purim to the Monday. So what's going on here? So the background is, says Rashi, as follows. If you lived in a small village, chances are you didn't have someone who knew how to read Megillah, which means you had a journey to the larger cities to find, to, to find a minion to read Megillah. Now, it just ha so happens to be that on Mondays and Thursdays, those were the days when the market was open. Those were the days when Bezdin would sit in the city. Or the city. Those were the main market days. So already built into the schedule all year round, if you lived in a small village and you were a farmer, you already had built into your schedule every Monday, every Thursday, you'd go and work in the farmer's market in the large city. You'd go to the large city to, to go to the farmer's market. So the Gemara is basically telling us that the sages did not want to require, did not people to have to go into the larger cities in extra time during the week. They're ready to go on Mondays and Thursdays uh, to benefit the people of the city. We don't want to incur this extra expense and extra tircha on them. So we say, don't worry. Once you're going Monday and Thursday, either way, so wait until, well, go, go, just go on Monday and read then. So again, because the halach is we never read later than the 15th, so it's always we're always going to advance the reading. So let's say, again, not put it all together. If, if Purim falls out on Tuesday... Now, Tuesday's Yudalid, the 14th, we say to the, the fellow from the village, just go Monday, the preceding Monday, the Monday before this Tuesday, which is the 13th, and read the Megillah then. So what ends up happening now is this fasting situation. That the days leading up to, uh, or the day leading up to the uh, a, a Purim, in the large cities, you had groups of uh, uh, villagers who were reading Megillah that day. And then the 14th, the villager, the, the city residents are going to celebrate their Purim. And the 16th, you're going to have the... Um, Excuse me, and then at the 14th and the 15th, you're going to have the um, the the uh, walled cities celebrating their part. Okay. If the 14th falls on Thursday, everyone's going to read that day again because because that's they're going to the city, the large city either way. And the, and the Yushalayim is going to read it on the 15th. If the 14th falls on Arab Shabbos, so the villagers advanced to read for the previous day, which is the 13th. And the residents of the large cities read on that day, which is Friday the 14th. What happens if Purim falls on a Shabbos, which calendarically cannot happen with our cycle, but in the, in, when it did happen on Shabbos. So the village, the um, everyone, everyone now is going to read the preceding day on, the, on Thursday, which is going to be the 12th. And Yushalayim is going to read it the next day. Let's say uh, at the 14th, i.e. Purim falls out on Sunday, the villagers advanced their reading to the previous day, Thursday, which is the 11th. This is the earliest you can have it. And the large city is going to read on Sunday. And the residents of the walled city read it on Monday, which is going to be the 15th. 
just two notes before we go into the Gemara. Notice that when once Purim falls out on Shabbos, everyone brings it earlier to Thursday. Why is that? So effectively, the seemingly the the, the idea is, and the Ron points this out, that what, we, we never read the Megillah on Shabbos. Why? So that it's going to come up in the Gemara, it's Gzeir de Rabba. Meaning to say, we are concerned that if someone may carry the Megillah in public, a public domain, when there's no Eruv, and we want to avoid that concern, so we say you can't uh, read the Megillah, for that matter, Sheikh Lulav, or blow Shofar on Shabbos, all three of those are the Gzeir de Rabba carrying in public domain. Well, once we're not going to allow you to lay in the Megillah on Purim, so instead of going one day earlier to the 13th, which is Friday, we just say go to the the, the, the uh, 12th, because there already is an established day, the 12th, of reading, namely because it's Thursday and all the villagers are reading that day. Therefore, we kind of keep everyone reading the same day. Lastly, lastly is what about at night? So these people are going in during the day for the farmer's market, but how are they reading the Megillah at night? So the Ron offers two suggestions. He says, either they're reading it by Yechidus, as in individuals are reading it, you don't have a minion, but Yachid can read it, or you have, they're not reading it at all. And he says, what do you mean, how can you not read it at all? So he says, well, the Gemara is going to ask in a minute, it's a little foreshadowing, how is this allowed? I mean, the Gemara, the, the Sukkim tell us, you read on the 14th and the 15th. Where did we suddenly come up with this idea, oh, but if it's inconvenient, so then you read it on the 12th. Well, lots of things in Judy, Jew, Jewish life are inconvenient. We don't say, don't do it, or bend the rules. So why are we bending the rules here? So we're going to see the Gemara is going to say built into the, uh, the, the, the the enactment of Megillah. Again, Megillah is only the Rabbanon. So built into the rabbinic enactment was this leniency for those who lived in villages. Says Duran, perhaps built into this leniency as well was you don't have to read at night. You only read during the day. Okay. So that is the Mishnah. Quick overview. The Mishnah says you can read the Megillah on, there are times you can read on the 11th, the 12th, the 13th, and of course the 14th and the 15th. How is that? So very simply, the uh, we, because in small villages they didn't necessarily have a minion or people knew how to read, we say you the day you're going into the uh, the day you're going into the big cities either way is a Monday or a Thursday. Therefore, just go the preceding Monday or Thursday, which can be any time between the uh, 11th and the 13th, and read it then. Okay, the 15th is always being read by, on the, by the uh, Walt Cities. So, says our Gemara, Zok the Gemara, as we say, Megillah Nikras Vidalos. According to the Mishnah, the Megillah could be read, uh, be read on the uh, 11th. Minolan, from where do we know this? Minolan, Kadamimilakaman, Chachamikil Akfaram, Lios, Nakim, Liyama, Kanisa. What do you mean, where do we know this? We know this because the Gemara tells us that the sages were lenient on the, regarding the villages to allow them to advance the date so that they can read it on the day that they're all going either way on a Monday or a Thursday. So what do you mean, where do we know it from? We just say, we, we, the Mishnah explains it, but the, the Gemara tells us where we know it from. I don't understand. Why? And the Gemara also points out, Now, in the Gemara is actually going to give a different reason, and the Gemara here gives one reason later as a different reason, and it wants to also say that when the villagers would go to the large cities, they'd also have a chance then to purchase food to bring it home to the small villages. So we wanted to ensure that people had food for the Purim feast, and therefore we said, we, we and therefore we said, if you were to go in, if you were to go in a few days earlier before Purim, meaning if Purim is on the uh, fifth, uh, if, if, if you were to go in a few days earlier, meaning to say that if Purim falls out on Tuesday, but Monday you went into the large city, so now you have time to carry the Megillah, so now you have time to buy food for Purim. Okay, we're going to modify this a little bit. It's not the best answer, but point is, says the Gemara, how do we know you're allowed to do this? And the Gemara says, how do I know? Because the Gemara says so. Just. A few lines later, what do you mean? How do I know? It's, it's a Gemara. So the Gemara says, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant. When the Gemara says to me, Nolan, it's not how do I know, but the Gemara is saying, where do the sages derive the ability to go against the text of the Megillah? This is what I mean to say. 
Mechdi, Kul Anche Kedasa Kedala Tikna. This is what I meant to say. All of these days, all of these days, where did the driver from? And the answer is, all these days were established by the by the uh, which was the great assembly, one of the greatest. In fact, you know, the assumption here might be there was no greater Bezdin than the Anshikinesis Agadola. So the Isaka died, and, and therefore what? So what's the point? Meaning to say as follows. Who wrote the Megillah? The Megillah was not written by God, it was written by Mordechai and Esther, approved by the um approved by the Anshikinesagadola. And so much so that the last book in Tanakh, that if you go to Qumran, they don't have the Megillah's Esther because that, they already escaped to the caves prior to Esther. That's, that's an assumption I'm making. Okay, but the point is that the same way the sages enacted that you read the Megillah either on Yudalat or Tezvav, the 14th or 15th, they built into that Takana that the villagers have this leniency that, that they can advance the day. And how do I know that? Very simply. Kula, all this, Anshikinesh Gadolatikno. All these days built into the original establishment was Yudalaf, Yudbeis, Yudgimel, Tesvav, Yudal, Tesvav. If you want to tell me. They own, the, the Great Assembly, they only established the 14th and 15th, and nothing more. Can it be a later generation came along and up, uh, uprooted it and undid and amended what the Great Assembly did? Now, you may think, well, maybe they did, right? These are rabbis and those are rabbis, so rabbis can do that. Yes, but there is a limit to what a later court can do, and the limit is Vatnan, the Mishnah Idios tells us, in in The operative principle is that although a later Bezdin can come along and undo or amend what a previous Bezdin established, they can only do so if they are a Bezdin that is greater or larger than the first Bezdin. And says the the Rishonim here that this may have happened at one point, but there was no greater best than the Anshikinesh Sagdola, and therefore, if you tell me that the Anshikinesh Sagdola was the one who established Megillah on Yudal and Tezvav, there's no way a later Bezdin could have come along and added in and Yudalaf and Yudbeis Megillah must be equals that when they when Anshikinesh Sagdola established Yudal and Tezvav, they established all everything from Yudalaf through Tezvav. Okay, now the Gemara is going to say Hechir Misa. So again, this is important to recognize. That when we when we derive uh, mitzvos and halachos from psukim in the Torah, as in the five books of Moses, that is doraisa. Everything after the Torah, the vim ksuvim, that's called divrei kabbalah, and what we learn from there is not going to be doraisa um, because we learned it out of those psukim. Meaning that those are it, it would be rabbinic. Um, it'd be rabbinic. Let's leave it at that. When it comes to Megillah, we're going to see. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna derive a lot of halachas from the Gila, almost as if it's a, an actual chumish uh, Torah, uh, but it doesn't rise to the same level. So the Gemara used the language of Hechler Miza. Where do we see that the script of the uh, Megillah alludes to this idea that when they established Megillah, they didn't just establish it for the explicit days mentioned in the Megillah of Yudalit and Tesvav of 1415, but in fact they established it for all these these whole host of days of Yudalit through Tesvav. Where is it in the pasuk? So we're gonna have two different ways of learning it out. Amar Rav Shemin Bar Abba, Amar Rav Yochanan. Rav Shemin Bar Abba, and then Rav Yochanan says, Amar Kra. The pasuk says, this is in the Megillah, in the end, 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 in Parak Tas Pasuk Lamet Aleph. L'kayim esimei apurim elu bismanayim. That to establish these, there's a perm in their times. Okay. Now the 
the uh, it could just say to establish the days of, the days of perm in its time. Was it their time? Just the plural. Bismanehem, Bismanem Harbei Tiknulehem must be. There were many days where they designated one to be able to read the Megillah. One minute says the Gemara. We need this term to tell us just the fact they established it in time. Established it in time. You can't leave out the word Bismanehem. So the Gemara says, yeah, yeah. Imkin if so, lema krabismat. Leave it singular. That we say as follows: Say lekayim as as yimei apurim ha'ela bizman to to establish the day of Purim in its time. What's bizmanahem again? Why plural? Mazmanahem, zmanim tuva many times, multiple days. So the Gemara says we're all thinking. I hope even before I learned this first mission in Megillah, there already were a mul multiple days or two days you can read Megillah. Right? It was already a, a plural. You could either read it on your dollar or test vote, depending where it is. So how do we know when the Pasuk says Bismanahem, it wasn't referring to in its time, i.e. in its time of Yudale for the world and Tesvav for the cities surrounded by walls in the days of Yeshua Nun, i.e. Yerushalayim. Why are you telling me something? Bismanahem must be many, many, many days. Yudale, Yubez, Yikimu, Tesvav. No, it just means Yudale, Tesvav, as in Purim and Shushan Purim. I don't understand. How do you derive this? The Akati, Yubayile, Bismanahem, Shilzeh, Lokumanah, Shilzeh. Maybe the reason that it's plural is to tell us that there is Yudalid, there is Purim, and there's Shushan Purim. In Kings, answer the Gemara, Lema Krozmana. You could say, in their time. My Zmanahem, why their times, right? That's, that implies, meaning that's even more, a, 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 large, a larger amount. Shmami Nakula, learn from here, all of the days. So quick review, we said, the Gemara said, how do we know we can read many days? Gemara says that was clearly part of the original Takana. Do we have a proof for it from the Pasik? So we say, yeah, the Pasik says Bismanehem, plural. We said Bismanehem, though that can mean uh Yudalatis Vav, Purim, Shushan Purim. We had to know that then you would say Ismanam, what's Manehem? That implies more than just two days. I'd come. So that having established that, having established that, now the Gemara is gonna say, well, once you say Ismanahem multiple days, maybe it's open-ended. Maybe you can do it uh on the ninth of 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 Adar, or the 16th of Adar. Why are we limiting, as we said, the Mishnah says, uh, the Mishnah ends off, uh, says, uh, exact language here, it says, um, lo, lo lo not less, not more. So the Gemara says, very simple. Amos minor two of us, maybe it could be a large amount of days, not just the uh, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th. So, the, uh, it says, their times are similar to their times, meaning to say, meaning the basic amount. Mazmanam Trey, just as their times we said Zmanam is two days, Asmanahem Trey. So to Zmanahem is only two as well, meaning it's two additional from the two. And this is a little technical, but that's, we'll say that. Then maybe you could say that the two extra days are uh, 12th and 13th, had the 11th included. Okay, so actually, let's explain this a little more. Again, so we had Zmanahem implies multiple days, Zmanam implies just Yudala Tesvav, those two days. So we wanted to say, we Gemara says as follows. The same way Zmanam is only two days, as in Yudalid, Tesvav, Purim, Shushan Purim, the extra word is Manehem, their times can only be two additional days from Yudal Tesvav, and those are the uh, 11th and 12th. So the Gemara says, well, minute, what about the 13th? We can clearly read on the 13th. Why? How do you know the 13th? They might trace it to so maybe you could say the two extra days are really the 12th and 13th, and you're not allowed to read it on the 11th. No, the 13th day of Adar was a time when all the Jews gathered together to wage war. 
So clearly, then, you can read it on that day, because that was part of the Purim story. Now, <coughs> so to hear the 13th day is a day when everyone assembles, so we don't need a proof to, to tell us that you can read it then. Thus, we know you can read it now on the 11th and 12th, from Zmanehem. Zmanehem tells us you can read it on the 14th and the 15th, and obviously you can read it on the 13th, because that was the day everyone gathered together. It was the time we all gathered together. Just very quickly, not no time to go into this, but uh, Ramina Tom says from here we learn the idea of Tainus Esther. Tainus Esther is actually not found in the Gemara, that they were fasting Tainus Esther. But um, he says the fact that it's a day we ever assembled, they, they fasted. Ron points out, anytime we go to war before Moshe fought a Molech in this passage, Parsha, they, they fasted. You're constantly fasting in order to invoke divine mercy. The Jews did that as well. The day they gathered together is just part of the Purim story. Equals that people have time to think that it's Tainus Esther, Purim, that there's actually a much closer connection between the fasting and Purim, that they, they, they really, they're joined together, linked together in a very powerful way, so much so that in the configuration of this year, where um, where Shabbos falls out prior to Purim, and therefore we don't, we don't, we can't, we, we bring Tainus Esther to Thursday, the reason we do that, by the way, not to Friday, is because we, Tirch the Shabbos, you spend all day in Shuldavan, and you're not going to have to Tirch Shabbos, but okay, the point is, we're not fasting prior to Purim, there seems to be a Havamina in some of the Rishonim, that you shouldn't say Al-Nisim at Mar. Why not? So the uh, Rev. Michael Rosenzweig is a, a beautiful Mahalach, and he basically argues that Tainus Esther allows us to say Alanisa. The fact we go through the uh, whole, the whole part of the play out, the role play, the story, and we're fasting, that's part of the festivities of Purim. It's also the davening of Tainus Esther. That was a very succinct way, and I left a lot of details, but okay, that's there. Okay. Gamar says, okay, so now we've established how we know you can read on the uh, 11th, the 12th, and Zman A.M., 13th, that's the day everyone was fasting, everyone's involved in the Purim story, and then Zman Am on the 14th and 15th. Gemara says, but maybe you could read the 16th and 17th. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's Shimsar. So the Yavrik said, the Pesach says, you shall not pass. The Pesach is in Gil Sasser. It says, Now, shall not pass to observe these days, as in you can't go beyond the 14th and the 15th. Okay, this is going a little longer than I thought. Hopefully, we'll keep it more concise in the future, but also I had a little bit of a longer introduction. Good. So that is approach number one. Approach number one is we learn out from Zmanim, Zmanim, you can have extra days. There's a different rule, or a different a way to learn it. Rav Shmuel Bar Nachmini, Omar Shmuel Bar Nachmini says, Omar Kra, Kiyom Mashar Nochub Yehudim. The Sukkim tell us, the Kaimalim Liyos, Osimus Yom Arba Asim Lichodesh Adam, Asim Yom Chamisha Asibo, Choshana Bashana. Um, we charge them that they should observe the 14th day. This is what talking about the establishment of Purim and the 15th day of the same each and every year, like the days when the Jews rested from their enemies. Right? The Purim story they fought and then they rested from their enemies, and that's what we see from Yom and Kiyomim. Just in the, the addition of the days are like the days, meaning to say the rabbis you'd offer you'd base. That is to include two extra days, again from Yomim, Yomim, the plural days, the 11th and 12th. So Gemara says, "Ema Tracer Tzvasar." How do you know it's not the thirteenth, twelfth, and thirteenth? Why are you assume it's the eleventh and twelfth? Just says again, Yitzlek Kolhu." The thirteenth, you give us Kolhu is the day that everyone, either way, is uh, assembling, and therefore below Tarach Riba, we don't need a scriptural uh, a scriptural proof to say that's included in a day you can read Megillah. Ve'ema Shitzar Shivsar. So maybe you could say the two extra days of the sixteenth and seventeenth. But the other says, "No, you should not pass." And therefore, we see, so another proof, another way of learning it is not from Zmanim, uh, Zmanim, but rather from Yamim, uh, Kayamim. 
Meaning to say that there are days like the days of the 14th and 15th, but not identical to them. And what makes them identical, what makes them similar is we read the Megillah on them, even though it's not actually uh, Purim. Maybe you should say that instead of saying that this is Yud Aleph and Yud Beis, it's Yud Beis and Yud Gimel. Why do you assume that there's, if there's two extra days, we're going to immediately go to the 12th, the uh, 11th and 12th, maybe it's the 12th and 13th. I'm Rabbi Shmuel by Yitzhak, same idea. Zman kills a call. Yud Gimel Zman kills a call. That's a type of day where everyone was assembled to wage war. And therefore, below Tzarek Lerabwe, we, we, we don't need a proof from the Pasuk to tell us that. It's obvious. It is obvious. And maybe it's on the 16th and 17th. The Pasuk tells us we will never go beyond the 15th for reading the Megillah. Okay. So what we have here is now we have two different opinions. We have an opinion that says of Zman, Zman, and Zman Ehem to teach us that you can read on days other than the 14th and 15th. And the other approach is no, it's coming from Yom, from Yom, 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 Days that are like these days, as in like the 14th and 15th, where you can read, and those days would be the 11th and 12th, and 13th is obvious. The Gemara now asks, Rabbi Shmuel bar Nachmini, my time Why did Rashmuel bar Nachmini, who learns from Kayamim, not learn from Zmanim? Meaning to say that we're trying to look for a proof from the Pasuk. Why, we, we have two different approaches. Why do each side hold their respective positions and not embrace and endorse each other? So he says very simply, I don't think the fact that it says time, their times, their times, I just don't think that's an acceptable way to learn, uh, to learn that this must mean you can you you have other days when you can read. And now the reverse, Rabbi Shemin Bar Abba, my time lumber kiyamim, why do Rosh Bar Abba embrace Zmanim and not say Kayamim? Armalay, Holodorus Hudiksiv. So he says something very interesting. When you read through the Megillah, and I'm gonna ask you all to pay attention if you remember this. Come Megillah, when you read the Megillah, you'll notice there's the story of Purim, the story of the halachas of Purim are seemingly told twice. They're told in the context of the very first year, and they're told again for future generations. Well, it says Rav Shambaraba, we know you're supposed to read the Megillah on the 14th and 15th. That was only that year. How do you know in future years? Kayamim. Meaning to say, like the, those days, like the days of the 14th and 15th of year one, so too for perpetuity. Forever, we should be reading the Megillah on the 14th and the 15th. Okay, next. The Gemara now is going to try to identify. Now, by the way, this is Megillah's an amazing Masechta, and I apologize that, especially for those who are really learning Gemara for the first time, this is a very technical first Amud. It's not all going to be this way, but it's a very technical, trying to really trying to figure out the technicalities uh, and the and some of the more the, the weeds of how to learn various uh Halachas out of out of Sukkim, and now we're going to do and something Gemara often does as part of Torah Shabbat Peh. Torah, this is the oral tradition; it's passed down. It's important to know who said what and, where, and how do we know things are said. So the Gemara is now going to try to identify who is the author of our Mishnah. Who authored our Mishnah? Rabbi Baruchana says in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Very important. Remember Rabbi Yochanan. This is Rabbi Yochanan's approach. This Mishnah Zudiv Rabbi Kiva Stimita Stimita Rabbi Kiva is the author of this Mishnah. The famous Rabbi Kiva is the author of this Mishnah. How do I know this? So he says as follows. Because I know Rabbi Kiva is Dorish Zman Zmanam Zmanahem. Rabbi Kiva learns from Zman Zmanam Zmanahem that one is allowed to read uh, not just the 14th and 15th, but also the 11th, 12th, and 13th. Avachacham Momrim, but this uh, seeming some sort of, of brysa that we're quoting here, 
they quote Rabbi Kiva, who learns, you can, you can read the, 12, the 11th, 12th, 13th, as well as the 14th and 15th. And then it says, but there's this, the Chachamim, the sages, they disagree with Rabbi Kiva, and they say, when we only read the Megillah in its proper time, that is the days specified in the verse, Yudalit and Tesvav, Purim and Shushan Purim. So we have here is a, another Machlokas, not in this Mishnah, but elsewhere, where Rabbi Kiva essentially mirrors and parrots our Mishnah. You can read Yudalit, 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 Tesvav. And Chacham say, no, you can only read on Yudalit and Tesvav. So the Gemara raises a following challenge. We say, Rabbi Yochanan, you who want to claim the author of our Mishnah, Rabbi Kiva, that can't be, because look at the following. This is from Abraisa. Om Rabbi Yehuda. Says Rabbi Yehuda. And this is going to answer, by the way, a question perhaps that we may be thinking. The question is, how come nowadays we never heard of reading on the 11th, 12th, or 13th? Om Rabbi Yehuda. A Masai. When is this entire Mishnah, when is it operable? When do we allow one to read on the 11th, the 12th, the 13th? Only when the years and the months of the year are being fixed by Bezdin, as in the way it's supposed to be, that that, that every month witnesses would come and say, we know it's a it's a full month, we know it's a, a not full month, that we saw the moon. Bezdin is then Kover Rosh Chodesh. It's on Bezdin to decide when Rosh Chodesh is. Hence, or thus, then you're deciding when the uh, when the various holidays are going to fall out because Bezdin's deciding when the Rosh Chodesh is. So in the world where Bezdin has the power and the authority and are the ones who are monthly fixing the calendar, so then we have the leniency to allow the villagers to read on Yud Aleph, Yud Beis, and Yud Gimel. Important, this is when the Jewish people are living in their land. Okay, it comes together. Al-Azman Hazeh. In our current days, nowadays after the destruction of the temple, after Israel has been exiled, or or really after Bezdin ceased to be the uh, deciding when Bez, when Rosh Chodesh is, which actually happened perhaps during the temple period, or maybe it happened afterwards, cannot get into that now. She says very interestingly, once the calendar became fixed, where we no longer relied on Bezdin to decide each month when Rosh Chodesh is. So with a fixed calendar, what, what do people do? They say, okay, when is Purim? Let's start the count now. 30 days later, they know what's Pesach. Therefore, we don't want people to get confused because if you confuse when Pesach is, you can end up eating chametz on Pesach, which is an Isser, a lav, a terrible, terrible thing. So in order to avoid all confusion, we say, once Bezdin, is, is no longer fixing the calendar. Rather, we have a fixed calendar where every year the uh, months are all set aside when Rosh Chodesh is. Thus, the second it's Purim, we can only, it's the second, we, we, from Purim is when we know when Pesach is, so we can only read on the 14th because otherwise people get confused because if you read on the 13th, people will mistake you when Pesach is and will end up eating uh, Chametz when it's still Pesach afterwards. Okay, so that is, the. Uh, this is the challenge. Again, Rabbi Yochanan said, our mission is Rabbi Akiva, or the sages disagree, comes on the Bryce and says, Rehuda says, no, this that we can allow for our Mishnah for Yud Aleph, Yud Gimel is when there is no fixed calendar, when Bez is the one deciding, determining the things, but when once the calendar is fixed, so then, so then you can only, um, so then you can only read on the 14th and 15th. Rehuda, the man. So who is Rehuda following? Whose opinion is Rehuda that says that we depend, depends on when the, uh, if the calendar is fixed or not? If you say he's following Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva never gave this caveat 
that allow that say we only allow for Yadalfi basic gimbal when there's a base of Mingdash. He seemed to apply it always. And it was the sages who disagreed. Okay. So then it can't be Yarekiba. Next. Uh, so the only option left is it must be the rabbis. The Rabbanan who are the author. One minute, hold up. However, it can't be because the rabbis, the Chachamim, never gave, never said and allowed for Yudalf basic gimbal. They had a blanket rule. We never allow for Yudalf basic gimbal. And Rabbi Huda has his hybrid rule where he says, no, we allow for Yudalf basic gimbal when the Jewish people are living in the land and the Bezdin is Kaveh the Chodesh. So who's doing the author's Mishnah? Uh, rather, it must be Tiyufta Rabbi Yochanan to Yufta. So we've have a, we, we've refuted Rabbi Yochanan, who wanted to say the author of the Mishnah was Rabbi Akiva. Okay, we're going to stop here. Tomorrow we're going to pick up over here and do, do Ahmed Bey's. And my hope is, can't make it a promise, is to go a little faster as now we'll leave out some of the extra stuff and try to keep this down to 25 minutes or less. I wish I wish you all a wonderful day.